Hey everyone, before we start, I wanted to encourage you to become part of our community on Discord. I always like to say the water is warm, it's very inviting, and no one is going to treat you anything less than an awesome human being because that's how we run it. Our Discord community has actually grown every single day for the last 53 days, and we are so proud of that. But that's where we're going to interact with you a little bit more. And you could ask your questions. You could show your project. You can do all kinds of things. But if you've been on the fence about Discord, like I always was, give it a shot. And we'll see you there. Links in the show notes. Did you even know what Web3 was before last year? We didn't either. And that's okay. But after hitting a million downloads, learning about NFTs, the newbies are at it again. But this time, we're going to be teaching you and learning along with you about Web3 and the metaverse. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm trying to pronounce a name correctly without laughing because Heather makes me laugh. And we are here today with the CEO of Particle, and his name is Harold Eitan. And we are going to be covering fractional ownership of NFTs. We're going to be talking about fine art and all these other things. But in order for you to even have context, Harold's going to have to start off by explaining what exactly Particle is all about, and then we could dive in from there. So Harold, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you, Rich. Heather, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So in a nutshell, what Particle is trying to do is to democratize the ownership of fine art masterpieces. Really, fine art is, is currently the majority of them are, or a lot of them, of these masterpieces are held in free ports, warehouses around the world, and actually nobody can enjoy them. And so, you know, leveraging blockchain and, and NFT technology, we're able to get uh, a wider audience of people to own small pieces of this work of art and call it theirs. That's really important because there's this concept that ownership enhances the enjoyment of art. And it's almost like a chemical reaction in your brain that, that is actually that final piece of the puzzle to the fine art experience generally. So if you go to the ICA in Chicago and you see uh, Andy Warhol's Marilyn Monroe, right? And you're like, it's beautiful. You love it. You can, and, and everything, a physical work of art physically, when you're in the presence of it, does have, it resonates completely differently than when you see it on a screen, right? So you'll enjoy it to a certain extent, but if you have Ken Griffin, who's the guy who owns it, sitting next to you, who loaned it to the museum, he's going to enjoy it that much more. And that final piece of the puzzle is really what's missing in, you know, completing or closing the loop on that fine art experience. And Particle is, is doing that. We started with the, the acquisition of Banksy's Love is in the Air last year. So that's, uh, for those who don't know, it's the, um, the protagonist throwing a bouquet of flowers rather than a Molotov cocktail perfect for what we're trying to um, to kind of uh, tackle here, uh, uh, you know, offering a, a beautiful alternative to the status quo rather than, you know, trying to throw a bomb at it and change everything in, in one go. So we, we bought that at auction from Sotheby's and um, particleized it or fractionalized it in uh, into 10,000 ERC721, so NFTs. Uh, yeah, that's exactly the painting. It's, it's beautiful. It's spray paint, but the flowers are actually um, oil paint, hand painted. Now, what about the physical? How, how does your ownership in these NFTs translate to control of the physical? Well, there's a governance structure that we're putting in place so that the, 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 the community of owners are able to make decisions on the art via the governance of the foundation. And that's how we kind of close that loop. And it's what we call this new narrative of ownership. Can you give me an example of something they would decide together? Actually, they did that two weeks ago, decided to have the next exhibit in L.A. So there was a vote that was put up, and L.A. was the, the city that was picked. So on the first week of June, 
at um, at a gallery in LA. We're holding a four day exhibit event. We haven't released all the information yet on exactly what's going to be happening there. There's going to be an exhibit, and there's also going to be three or four other emerging artists that are going to be creating fresh work in response, or like yeah, as a response to Banksy's Love Is in the Air, and just to be able to foster that conversation around the topics that are addressed in that work. And the topics can be, you know, Banksy's great because um, you can apply it to different years. It was it was done in 2006, but it's still uh, very relevant today, albeit in a in a different context. So what about like money that's made? I, I don't know. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know so much about the art world, like the physical art world. Like if you go and have your art displayed somewhere, if there's any income that comes in through, maybe there's not that, that piece of work. Is that distributed to holders or? No. And, and, and it's not because we are very conscious of um, kind of the gray area that we're operating. Well, NFT space generally is quite, uh, well, it's unregulated. It's in this gray area. That's great because it's, obviously is a trigger for more creativity when you don't have these strict guidelines to operate under, but it's coming inevitably. And because we're dealing with, you know, cultural artifacts that, you know, the the structure, the particleization process that we've come up with is as much a technical one as it is a legal one, right? The the legal structure that that we're creating here is one that needs to ensure that these works of art are forever in a, in a structure that stands the test of time. So, because of securities law and other components uh, of, of regulation, there's no funds that are trickling down to the, the, the particle holders. But that's also because if there were any funds that are coming in, it would go to the foundation that the community of holders have control over. So, you know, ultimately, you don't benefit from it personally, but as a collective with a shared vision and mission for this new kind of ethos of the, of the fine art world, then, you know, you can use those funds accordingly. I always like to say people are trying to solve problems they're acutely familiar with. So like with you and and what you've seen with fine art, what was the desire to say, I think we should make this beautiful fine art into 10,000 particles or NFTs for people? And like, what was the response? Like, how did you even do the market research to be like, oh, I know Rich and Heather would want one. So this is definitely something we need to do. This is a problem we need to solve. I mean, fractional ownership of assets has been around for a while, right? And, you know, even in the art world, you often have groups of people that come together and buy a work of art together. Usually it's for investment purposes, so they put it into a, a warehouse or or maybe they share it and they, you know, I, I for example, buy art with my sister and um, some of it is at her place, some of it is at my place. You have, you know, fractional ownership of houses, boats, vintage cars, everything. But the idea really came from Loïc, um, who's a founder of Particle, Loïc Couser, who used to run Christie's uh, post-war and contemporary art. He sold the top five most expensive works of art at auction, including that Salvatore Mundi, you know, by Da Vinci, which is now sitting, uh, I think, in, in this guy's boat somewhere. I just watched a documentary on that, and I actually had a question from that, so hold that thought. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's the one that's you know, the most deeply entrenched in the traditional art world and was the one that when he was young, a kind of aspiring art advisor, he was, um, he would take these catalogs and cut out all these paintings and he would build his own collection that he never thought he would be able to ever actually own. And so he was saying, you know, this, this NFT technology would actually enable me to do this, if I a younger me, to actually do that, but af- affordably, relatively affordably. 
I got a question. I have a lot of questions, but um, I'm reading here about the Particle Foundation, and it says in one place, every work acquired by the community will be immediately integrated into the Particle Foundation and will never be sold. Am I reading that right? As far as like, if we all are, you know, purchase a work or, or the foundation purchases a work and then they make the particles for everyone to purchase and it'll never be sold straight up. What's the upside? Well, it's a very good question, Rich. I'll give you uh, the best the, the, an analogy. Last year, I don't know if you guys heard of these guys called Burnt Banksy. So what they did is they went and they bought not a painting, but they bought a Banksy print. I believe it was a print from a gallery in New York. And then they said, we're going to tokenize it into one NFT. But the value can't be in two different places at once, right? So they literally set it on fire, the physical one. They burnt it. So now it only exists online. And they sold it as an, as an, as an NFT, a single one. Someone bought it, and now it's, it's forever there, right? For us, it's like that is, that is completely unethical to, to destroy works of art uh, like that. So how do we come up with a creative way of ensuring the preservation of the physical while still being able to move it to the digital realm. And the way we found to do that is to put it into this nonprofit structure. The thinking behind that is with the physical work of art being in a nonprofit, its value in the public market is essentially eviscerated because nobody can ever profit from its sale. No one individual entity, it's in this nonprofit. So in theory, you can imbue the liquidity of that painting into those 10,000 particles. Hey newbies, our friend Sean has made an online course called NFTs Simplified. So consider it an extension of the things that we've tried to help you do. Now this course is gonna cover a few things and we wanna tell you about it because it is very affordable and it is very worthwhile. So obviously we're gonna cover what an NFT is, how to transfer Ether crypto into your wallet, how to buy an NFT, NFT security basics, all so that you can do the things you want. Some of you wanna make money, some of you wanna invest money, some of you wanna make sure your NFTs and your monies are safe. And that's exactly uh, why we're pairing up with Sean for this. So there will be five video lessons and there's also plenty of course handouts and notes. Uh, I'm looking at some of the reviews right now. Here's one from Halim saying the course is great. I love the graphics and wish I had time to watch all this before I tried to do it myself. So there's additional reviews just like that, that made us confident to partner with him and to offer this course to you for 19 bucks. Okay. That's about three Starbucks grande drinks. Okay. So think about it, 19 bucks to keep your NFTs safe, to get you some of that extended knowledge that you want and to just have a course from someone who is driven to help you. So we'll link it in the show notes. See you next time. All right, you brought up the record-breaking sell at Christie's, uh, Da Vinci's Salvador Mundi. It was $450 million. Um, I first learned about that. I decided I was going to learn all about art after leaving Paris a few weeks ago. Like, I love art. <laughs> so watch this documentary. <laughs> I know it's funny. Oh and I, I watched that about the story of them finding this painting and it, it doesn't matter. The, the thing in that documentary that, that caught my attention was they talked about how when you're standing in front of a physical art painting, people who really appreciate art can actually feel like energy on it. And there's something about being in physical person with that art piece that, that you can't replicate. Yeah. And I immediately thought about NFTs when they said that, because I thought, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, people who really love traditional art, if there, it feels less within the NFT space than actually being able to physically see the painting. 
have you experienced that and how would you how would you describe it yeah i think we need to make the distinction first of all between the nft collections that are those pfp projects and then digital art and then we're something different we're using nfts for you know but the pfp projects the majority of them you don't actually really associate with the the, pro, the, the profile picture that you that you bought but the brands that have managed to crack that community feeling and really build a, a brand you know these people actually do have this connection with their avatar albeit so i think it's in a different at a different level than going to see um, the mona lisa and, and feeling something but someone who buys a board ape for you know i don't know a few hundred bucks and it's not selling it for a few hundred thousand dollars definitely has a connection to that it's become their online persona it's their twitter profile and they have an attachment to it and they've probably traded up or down to one that wears leather jackets because they wear a leather jacket all the time so i think in that respect they have uh, that connection with the art but otherwise you know with digital art like um you know beeple or pack or these uh, these other artists i'm not an art expert or anything but i would think that some of them are meant to be viewed on your screen on your computer and maybe it does kind of bring something out in you and others are meant to be displayed in, with other mediums holograms or, or or video in a in a dark room right i was actually at the moco museum in barcelona a couple of weeks ago and they have an nft exhibition as well and they show it in a pitch black room with screens and it's a completely different feeling you get so i think it, it, it depends how the artist actually intended you to experience the art and actually at the at the museum the owner of the museum was explaining to me that the artists actually come in and they are the ones who set all of the parameters for how you view it so lighting type of screen any audio sound that that should be there and and all the settings on the actual screen itself that so they, it's it's part of the artistic process to deliver that because digitally it, it can be delivered in many different ways I wondered, Harold, like, how do you guys market this idea? I know Christo, somebody that we uh, connected with a few weeks back, he said there's sometimes there's even like a stigma, especially within like in the art creative spaces towards NFTs. So have you all had any problems marketing this idea? So marketing it to people to, for them to buy particles. The challenge there is to communicate in a easy and let's say condensed way, this new way of owning things where the physical is controlled by a foundation that you control and you have that liquidity, right? It's not a, you own one-to-one, one-ten-thousand of the work of art and, you know, like you were saying, the funds can trickle down, right? It's not as simple as that. So that's the challenge that we have. But in the traditional art world, it is difficult for us to to work with them, to work with artists in order to, you know, get them to particleize their works with us. Because artists, they do their craft they want the biggest audience possible, but they're also working with gallerists who are working for their interests as well. And it's all about exclusivity. And, you know, there are thousands of people that can say they own a Basquiat. And if suddenly someone comes in and says, well, yes, you can have thousands of people can say, I own a Basquiat. It goes against what they've been working on for so long. This like clique, unique, opaque world of fine art. I think they're definitely moving into it. And with NFTs, they have been um, more open to, to NFTs, but purely on the digital art side. So you have Christie's and Sotheby's have both done evening sales of CryptoPunks and of Bored Apes and others. So I think that they're warming up to it. But it's it's difficult to 
change the you know change the the mentality of institutions that have operated in the same way for for so long it is really tough and we we're in, a, in an even more kind of difficult situation because we we have a banksy it's, it's our first and only for now work of art and banksy is so anti-establishment and has never worked with galleries and never worked with museums before so we have you know contemporary art museums that are a little more on the uh, you know let's say a little more adventurous we resonate more with them but uh, but I think it's a, it's a mentality that's definitely shifting. So it feels like the movement, and I could be wrong here, the movement has been a lot about physical art and then looking how that can transcend into digital art. But what if it's the converse? What if, you know, no one gave a shit about art and then all of a sudden they're buying NFTs and they're really into their artwork and they're like, well, maybe it's time to get started into physical art. Like maybe I actually want some physical things, some of these prominent, you know, exhibits in my home what should they expect or how should they go about that? Very good question. And that's something that I think we're also trying to, to tackle. We want this to be your ticket into the art world. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, shill this project, right? But if you want to start buying art, and I and, and like me, I'd say a few years ago, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna start buying art. How do you start? You know, you like you said, you want it to be an investment, you want to like the art, you want to know a little bit about the artist, where are they going, but it's so difficult to penetrate this world and understand where do I start? And usually you you know, art advisors are the people that advise these the wealthy individuals and they say you should buy this, the company's gonna have a show here, she's gonna be showing at this gallery, and it's gonna the clouds is gonna rise, and you get these insights. I was lucky enough, my sister's a art advisor, so she helped she helped me with that. But really it all comes with education, right? You, you, you research, you build your eye. If you're used to seeing everything digitally, you can go on Artsy. It's an app. It's very easy to use. It gives you access to viewing all of these galleries and artists on their platforms. You can actually even see if some of them are for sale. So you can get an idea of, okay, this I can afford, this less so. And really, I think, you know, what you would do is you narrow down the galleries who have artists you like, and you actually go and see them physically. Like you said, there's nothing better than going to see this, this, this art in, in person. And then as you go see arts more and more, physically, digitally start learning about the artists, your taste is going to evolve and change as well, kind of like wine, right? At the beginning, you might like something and then you start understanding more. And so you start liking other things. But uh, I think that's that's really the, the beauty of art is that it's an acquired taste. Every, it's unique to everyone and it gets your, your taste gets better over time. Uh, and that's why there's generally consensus around great artists because they are great. Okay. We have a really important question to ask you to end all of this. I just need you to prepare yourself for it mentally and emotionally. Okay. But before (laughs) then, if people are interested in learning more, um, where can you direct them to? If you want to learn more about Particle, go to particlecollection.com. You have some information there. You can go to our Discord as well. Those links are our website. And on Discord, you'll get the um, more up-to-date announcements of what we're doing. If any of you are in LA first week of June, we have this exhibit. It's um, you know a good opportunity to come see the work of art in person, and yeah, and then you can you know sign up for updates for the next the next painting that we're adding to the collection. Interesting. I'm interested to see what you guys go after next because that's kind of a banger to start out with. But we'll get to our question, random question of the day. Heather, you tell me when to stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, city. This is super random. Yeah, I hope you're mentally prepared for this. City, suburbs, or country life. Which suits you best, Harold? City, city life. There's no beach vibe there, but uh, yeah, I think uh, the the city life for me 
I come from a small town in Switzerland. It's called Geneva. And I moved out of there to London specifically to be able to get out of this bubble of everything being perfect and fine, you know, like uh, manicured. Um, and I thrive off the, I thrive off the, uh, the kind of chaos that's in a, in a big city and, and the influx and outflux of different people. That's, that's where I operate at my best. I love it. Heather, what about you? I want a country suburb, right? So I want to go outside and see some grass, but also want to be pretty close to Target. I like suburbs because I don't want to be too congested, but I also want to get to all the stuff I need to get to within 10 minutes or less. So that's how I roll. But hey, everyone. Uh, so Harold talked to you about fine art, about digital art, about you know particle collection and how they're trying to revolutionize the game. You go to particlecollection.com, like he said, check them out for sure. But Harold, we cannot thank you enough for taking the time to speak to us and to educate some of the newbies out there on some of the transitions going on in Web3 and how you seem to be at the forefront of one of them. So thank you so much. Thank you both. Really appreciate it.